Welcome to Code to Grace, the empowered women's guide to life with Marilyn Mosier. Don't you wish there was a reset button to life? We've got the next best thing. This is a place for you to share your story and perhaps get some answers you need in life to find courage to overcome your fears and discover your true self as you empower others to do the same. Now, here is your host, Marilyn Mosier. Welcome to Code to Grace. I'm Marilyn Mosier, your host. And today, well, I have a very special guest, Paul Ritter, in the house. And we are actually broadcasting live from Throne Publishing here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, in their uh, production studio. So thank you to Throne Publishing for allowing us the space in this beautiful sound system that they have for us here in Throne at Throne Publishing. But Code to Grace is a place where we encourage, educate, and inspire you to choose courage to overcome obstacles and challenges in your life as we discover ways to empower others and ourselves to live a life full of purpose. And I'm so glad you've joined me today. February being the month of love and Valentine's, I really wanted to focus our talks on relationships and the power of relationships in our lives. And I thought, who better to talk to us today about that than Paul Ritter, and he's got an amazing bio that I'm just going to read a little bit about him. He's attended the college at University of Sioux Falls. He received two master's degrees from Sioux Falls Seminary. He's been married for 29 years, and he has a son who's 24 years old and works in, as a medical scribe in Minneapolis at a pain clinic. He's played guitar for over 20 years, and he enjoys reading books that are related to his business and counseling, and he loves taking vacations with his wife and loves traveling Um, but now he says instead of going to adventurous places like the Glacier National Park and Grand Canyon he loves just a relaxing resort with the pool and a masseuse which me too I'm with you on that but Paul I met through a friend Lisa and they have uh, Elevate Coaching I've been to several of their coaching classes and he's just an amazing mild-mannered peaceful man I mean it's like if you want your to get into your own self and feel at peace I mean just talk to Paul and and feel that peace that he exudes but he's conducted over 400 training sessions in various businesses and conferences in the last 15 years he has been like a licensed counselor for over 20 years using his skills both inpatient and outpatient and he is Um, over 10 years of management experience that encompasses managing and residential facilities and counseling clinics. Paul is the owner of Paul Ritter Counseling and Training, and he focuses his efforts on counseling couples and individuals on-site, employee assistance programming, and conducting mental health communication and management training for corporations. Paul is also the co-owner of Elevate Coaching LLC along with his business partner Lisa Brower and you remember we had Lisa on as our guest earlier this year. Together they provide coaching solutions for overall improvement of company culture. This venture also involves promoting and hosting LeaderCast in Sioux Falls which I was a part of that last year for the first time and it was an incredible experience. Paul, I'm actually on the uh, committee this year with Paul and Lisa with LeaderCast, and it's just been amazing at how it all comes together with a lot of um, everyone's efforts, right? 
But that annual simulcast in leadership conference, Paul and his wife, um, or Paul and Lisa actually helped build that in our area. And there's over 500 people that attend that in our area at LeaderCast. So it's very uh, a fun way to spend the day. If you have nothing going on on May 4th, make sure you're there here in Sioux Falls at LeaderCast. But Paul and his wife, Jan, and their adult son, they're from Sioux Falls and I am just so honored to have you with me today, Paul. You're just an amazing, incredible man. And um, just in the last year or so that I've gotten to know you, um, I just so appreciate the way you view life and the way you view circumstances. And I'm more of an impulsive person and more of a, you know, like, let's do this now and figure it out later. And you're such a just, last time I interviewed you on my coaching call about a year ago and you did a, a the DISC profile um, and helped our coaching, our clients and our, our team on the DISC profile. And I remember just your your calm presence and the way you're just such an analytical brain. Your, your brain and my brain are totally different, <laughs> right? We're on different wavelengths, but I love that in a man that could be just so calm and just think things through. Through, I mean, that's is that really who who you are? Or are you just pulling us? You know, like, <laughs> there's a little bit of pulling. Down, <laughs> those that know me close know that I have some impulsivity too. Okay. Uh, but uh, I love the topic we're on today because in any situation, business, personal, we always have this relationship and the communication that happens between two people and what. Uh, the listeners and you and I can talk about today is our responsibility or our opportunity to really look at how am I picking up that message? What I'm feeling and sensing, is it accurate? And using ideas like emotional intelligence and some other things we'll get into today, I really want that to be an opportunity for the listeners to enhance their skills, uh, create greater self-awareness, which really in every application of communication will just make you more efficient more sensitive, people will notice that you're noticing them more because you're paying attention and you're focused on what's happening between you and yourself or you and an audience, uh, you and your team, you know, it can, it can vary. But the process of paying attention to that is, in my mind, just exuberating and uh, essential in making sure that, you know, as you communicate, you feel like you're, you're on track with the person you're talking with. Right. So when you talked about the last Elevate Coaching class that I went to with you and we talked about, um, well, we were talking about crucial conversations, but we got into the EQ um, and uh, IQ of intelligence, of emotional intelligence. So it's basically EQ. Um, Do you want to walk us through some of those principles that you talked about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. So if if you are... Not where you can have a piece of paper and pen or pencil to jot this down. Just imagine or draw this out, you know, kind of four sections of a box. And in the upper left-hand corner, and this is just the basic emotional intelligence concept that you can do a Google image to and get this all in a way that you can kind of try to commit this to memory, perhaps even during this uh, cast today. So the upper left-hand corner of emotional intelligence is self-awareness. And what we're doing in that quadrant, if you will, is checking with yourself, how do I feel as I communicate this message? And what I notice in myself, my clients, the coaching opportunities we have, the business opportunities and training, is that the higher intensity the conversation is, 
the harder it is to be self-aware because you're wrapped up um, in what you're trying to say and also you can feel your heart pounding a little bit and maybe wondering what the outcome will be becomes a little uh, less known. The stakes get higher then. And so self-awareness, the, the more you can say, boy, my blood pressure is up or I'm, I have a feeling of love and affection right now because this person that I was talking, talking with, is, we're really close. Or I remember this friend from high school and now we're reconnected again. And it feels like, boy, that time in high school was great and now we can continue this friendship. I, I feel joyful. On the other end of the spectrum, you may feel stressed in conflict, like you're going to lose a friend or a business arrangement. You're going to lose the contract because you can just sense it's not going well. And then how do you catch on to your emotions there? A lot of us in that stressful fight or flight motion will just kick it up into our heads. And uh, emotional intelligence just says, keep the competency, keep the logic in place because you have to be intelligent as you have these conversations. But don't neglect your heart and your emotion because that goes into it as well. And so self-awareness is saying, how am I thinking and how am I feeling? Right at the point of that communication where it can be difficult or at least easy to skip over that. So the best way to practice a new method like this is to go slow and uh, think about each of the four quadrants that we go through this and in the easier conversations, do it then with the people you're with and just pause a little bit. Lisa Brower and I in our consulting business have this power of the pause thing we talk all the time about. So the power of the pause is at the end of a good message, whether that's in church or at work and everywhere in between even reading a book, what's my takeaway? I need to pause for a second and think through something. Because sustainability with what we learn is the number one issue that's got to be maintained. How do I remember what I'm trying to learn? What do you remember from grade school, middle school, high school, graduate school, whatever books you've read? And so the power of the pause with emotional intelligence back to self-awareness, this upper left-hand quadrant then is really saying, how do I feel? How am I thinking? and taking a second to identify what that is. Okay, so that's upper left. If you go lower left side of this four boxes within a large box, there's going to be self-management, okay? So now I've decided that I'm anxious about this conflictive conversation I'm having with a business partner because I sense that my service maybe wasn't on par. They are maybe looking towards another vendor or another situation to get business. And I'm starting to feel, and I can sense that my heart's starting to race now a little bit. I'm starting to get a little more nervous. My thought patterns are getting off. And my self-management, after I've taken self-assessment, then I'm move to the lower left-hand corner, is going to be, okay, I'm feeling anxious. The first thing I have to do, I got to get some oxygen in my system, take a deep breath, maybe refer to some notes, double check that impression. Is it right? Is there anything else I need to say to this person? But right now, self-management is catching on to your own emotions, your own thoughts, and maybe even regrouping and then proceeding with the knowledge that you got from self-awareness. So it's taking the emotion that you perceived in that conversation and then moving it down and saying, okay, I know that I'm anxious. The deal's not done yet. Maybe I will have another conversation. I need to think about how I'm feeling and where I'm at and then manage my own self. Sit up a little straighter, take that deep breath, 
don't give up yet, maybe have another option. All those can be sort of scripts that you have for yourself in those difficult conversations. Um, maybe you're in a conflict with a friend and you can say to yourself, hey, there's, we've been through this before. I bet we'll make it again. I got to power the pause for a second, take a breath and make sure as I manage my emotions that I'm thinking about the other person as well. And then that leads us to the two other quadrants. Okay, upper right hand side then is social awareness, right? So uh, I'm watching, I'm looking at the room. You may be a CEO or you perhaps are a leader of your division or department, presenta- uh, presentations, whatever that might be, maybe just a one-on-one conversation with a, a good friend or a colleague. And now we're just going to do the same, but we're going to watch that person and assess what we're seeing in them. Okay, so in this quadrant, You've all probably heard about um, nonverbal communication, and it's probably at least 60% of what we communicate. Raised eyebrows, big movements, slouched shoulders, you know, the whole thing. I'm sort of doing this now with Marilyn to kind of mimic it, right? And you'll see the smile on a, and, and the raised eyebrows and the light in people's eyes when they're happy. And then if they're nervous, the eyes are darting around perhaps, or they are trying to think maybe their eyes will go upper left hand, right hand. They're, they're trying to figure out what to say. Maybe they know it and they can look right directly at you. They're very confident. Whatever that person is really sharing as far as how they're communicating, that, that's, that's social awareness. So um, nonverbal communication is part of that. And then another term that we have is called paraverbal communication. Okay. So paraverbal communication has several parts to it. If I start to speak really quick and I'm getting nervous, you can sense that I'm going too fast. The speed of which I'm speaking and now I'm going to go slower, you know, and you're sensing some emotions, some information about the speed. The pitch I'm going to you know, use, the higher or the lower within my voice range, uh, the volume. You know, if some people are angry, you're going to get more volume out of them. Some people are maybe more quiet or unsure of themselves. They may speak a little softer. All that is that paraverbal communication that you can kind of mix in in this upper right-hand corner of social awareness. So there's a lot with that. But as you dig in deep, and depending on the listeners, how far they want to dig around with this, these are the things that I use to really watch, engage what's happening with the other person. If you're speaking to a large, larger group of 20 or 30 people, then I think it's just scanning over that group and watching for some nonverbal signs as indicators, because we are not always 100% sure that we're accurate, but I think it's a, it's a good way to get some start to try to figure out what you can pick up from the awareness of this other person you're communicating with. Then the bottom right hand, to finish this out as we uh, draw to a close with this segment, is going to be the social management, right? So now that I know the people I'm talking to are nervous or excited or confused, I will then take that and say, okay, um, let, me, let me repeat again uh, quadrant number two out of emotional intelligence. Because as I was talking, I, it looked like to me people were confused. Because, and then I can check that and vary that. You know? And so the social management piece is taking yourself and then also the others and coming back and saying, you know what, we might have missed something here. Let me repeat that to make sure that you're on. Because uh, five people out of six that you were watching in this group as you were doing this training, 
uh, seemed confused. And then that's a cue to then use that social management to go over it again. Or maybe they look bored and you better tell a story or get, get them up and moving again because you can see, see from that. So the emotional intelligence has those four quadrants we've gone through. And that's a really good way. If you're if you can't write it down, Google image that again because it's a great great tool. Commit it to memory and keep practicing all four of those, with the social awareness being probably a very key part of that. And you know, I feel that that's a great tool to have innately or at least a learned behavior within your communication style. Right, and even I can see in relationships. So like if you and your husband or you and your spouse are having a um, a little bit of a disagreement, yeah, to keep that in check and know that, okay, how am I coming off or reading them? Because, yeah, like you say, a lot of times it's just the nonverbal that we pick up on and they don't have to say a thing, but, you know, you've been in a marriage as long as you and I have, right? Over yes. You're 29, I'm 32. So, yeah. I mean, it's like I, he doesn't have to say anything and I can tell when he's had something go wrong or if he's upset or and so um yeah i think just being aware like you say not only of our our own self but of our uh the people around us and how to best manage and not come off abrasive or judgmental or you know sometimes we're i think we're so quick to just lash out or or say something without thinking at least for me sometimes i just say things without even thinking it through and it's really I think can, we can avoid a lot of relationship issues, obviously. The old, um, you know, think, or what is it? We have two ears and one mouth, so let's use it accordingly, right? So it's That's like right. listening is so hard sometimes, right? Because we know what, what we know how to fix this. <laughs> if they would just listen. <laughs> yes, yes. Right. So we are coming up on a break, so we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with Code to Grace and our special guest, Paul Ritter. Uh, He's an amazing counselor and business coach, and he's got a lot of great wisdom to share with us today on relationships and emotional intelligence. So we will be right back after these messages. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. What is biohacking and why should you care? Marilyn Mosier has partnered with a publicly traded Nutrigenomics company that uses technology and biology to turn back the clock at the cellular level. These products help you combat the issues of age-related conditions in a proven and patented plan of action. All of us want to live longer and healthier lives. But to reach that goal, we know people will first need to biohack both their physical and financial health. For more information, visit CodeToGrace.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Are you ready to tackle the rules of business? You may think you're doing everything by the book, following your own best practice beliefs, bringing in endless consultants, only to find that your business is not moving forward. That's where you need to stop and figure out where things are going wrong. Enter Business Rules with host Peter Feinstein. 
Peter and his guests will break it all down for you to help you and your business succeed. Listen Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Code to Grace, the empowered women's guide to life with Marilyn Mosier. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or you can send an email to Marilyn at codetograce.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Code to Grace. I'm your host, Marilyn Mosier, and I have a very special guest in the house. Paul Ritter is a, has over 20 years of counseling experience. He's a business coach at Elevate Coaching here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and we are actually coming to you live from the Throne Studios, Throne Publishing here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota at their sound studio. And we are just so excited to be delving into emotional intelligence because we all know our lives are affected by our relationships. I mean, let's just be real. And there is so many things that we can learn from checking our own emotions and reading others and just having that emotional IQ in how to deal with our spouses, our families, our business relationships, our friendships. Because at the end of the day, if we don't have good relationships, our life is empty and stressful and we don't sleep well. And I mean, I've, I mean, I suck at relationships sometimes, just to be honest with you, Paul. I don't know. You and I could spend <laughs> hours on this. But let's, let's delve into now we, we covered in the first segment, uh, the self awareness, uh, we talked about self awareness, self awareness, self management, social awareness, and social management. Mm -hmm. And now you're going to get us into the segment of values and interview. What did you call it? Yeah, motivational interviewing. Okay. Let's start with that. Okay. Okay, so with your emotional intelligence information, um, another concept that you can add into the communication process is called motivational interviewing. And on a side note, in our business here in Sioux Falls, um, I'm starting to, with Lisa and others, to just say, okay, we have individual models of communication, of strategic planning, of communication, of management. Is there a way that we can integrate models together to create a more dynamic self-awareness, a more dynamic presentation, a more dynamic interaction between two people or two companies. Uh, I just feel at a certain point that we have so much information, how do we put these together? And so motivational interviewing is an adaptation, if you will, to emotional intelligence. So emotional intelligence has the networking of what's gone on between myself and the other person, all in my head. Motivational interviewing then is steps that you can take in the process of actually communicating. Again, you can Google image this. All that we're talking about today, you can do that. But there are four parts or core skills that you can utilize uh, via the motivational interviewing steps that I use all the time. And you, if you get good at this and practice it, uh, can really 
use this with a stranger, and I've, I've had this happen in coffee shops before, and then before I'm done, they'll say, well, when can we have a cup of coffee, or when do you come back to this area? And, and what it is, is really helping the person that you're talking to feel like they are truly listened to, okay? So the first thing you wanna do in motivational interviewing, and this acronym is ORS, O-A-R-S, if you were able to write this down, is open questions or open-ended questions. So it's the opposite of a yes or no question. And as you might imagine, there are times for factual questions like yes and no. Uh, in this communication dynamic, open-ended questions are the winner every single time. What do you think about this situation is an open-ended question. How do you feel about our son applying for college. Um, what have you learned lately about yourself? What is your greatest fear? Okay, all of these questions are centered on the person thinking and feeling, and then you hand the microphone or the stage right over to them. And with one well thought out question, you can sit and listen for anywhere from 30 seconds to three or four minutes maybe with a couple added questions for clarification. But this is a great thing to start with. If you're dating somebody, maybe we have a younger audience or you know people that are looking for a second part of their life where they have relationships, open-ended questions are the best way to go. And so in this motivational interviewing, that's the first step. The second step of the ORs is A for affirmation. I'm gonna, I'm going to affirm what, what you are saying, oh yeah, that is that is amazing. You are right that uh, you really have a way with expressing joyfulness. You know, again, depending on what question you asked in the open-ended part of this. But I'm going to affirm what I see. As the person talked about their success with writing a book, we'll just make something up. I see in their face through emotional intelligence that they were really excited when they were talking about this book they wrote because you're in a process of this yourself, Marilyn, and laying all your life into this book, all the time it takes, and you're hoping it'll help other people out. There's excitement because it's your it's your passion. So I picked that up from you. I'm going to ask another question. Um, what if you had to pick one part of your book out right now? What what's standing out the most for you? And tell me a story about that. Mm -hmm. That's another open-ended question. And I'm affirming the feeling you have about that book because I'm picking that up from you. That's that social awareness back to EI. And then the management of that is saying, wow, I want to hear more because Marilyn can inspire all of us with this book. And I have a chance to see with you right now or maybe when we, when we're in our committee meeting or some other time to absorb that and, and grow from that. And that's an affirmation I give you because I see that on you. You're showing that emotion, and I'm like, wow, I, I need some of that joyfulness because I, I feel like death warmed over. It's been a long week for me. So sometimes it's self-centered. I want to get that energy from you, but most of the time it's it's helping you elicit the emotions, the thoughts, and feelings you have after that open-ended question, and we hit that affirmation. Now, after that, R is reflection. So that's when I'm, I'll put into a little phrase what I'm getting out of that. Marilyn, I should probably buy that book. I, I was just looking through the, the table of contents and there's there's some part, a couple chapters in there that were, the titles were intriguing to me. So I'm giving you in this reflection a little bit more of some of my thoughts, but it's right back onto you 
because it's an interview and I'm keeping you at the center of the topic. And that's the big thing with motivational interview. You keep the other person at the center. You do not make it about yourself, right? Mm-hmm. 95.5 max, maybe 100-0% the other person. And that's what people are missing. They're longing for someone to listen to them and ask insightful questions about who they are, what they're passionate about. And can't you tell that if somebody did that to you, wouldn't you want to sit down and have coffee with them some more? It's like, this is so rare. Actually, I think all of us are open to doing this. It takes a little bit of intentionality to, to decide, hey, you know what? I'm getting a cup of coffee. I'm meeting a friend. I'm going to just, I'm going to not make it about me this time. And then motivational interviewing, there's some specific step to do that. And I guarantee you, you will, if you're lacking relationship depth or it feels like it's been a while since I've really had someone listen to me, start by listening to them and do this. And then negotiate with them and say, hey, you know, what if, what if we just meet more often and take turns sort of letting each other be the center of the conversation? But have that pendulum move real slow. You know, social media gets that stuff going so quick. Mm-hmm. The, the motivational interviewing process, the pendulum could go every five minutes, switches from one person to the other. In some cases, somebody's going through a big project, maybe a grief situation, we were talking about a situation before we started that you and your husband went went through in your business. Then that can be something that's easily 20 minutes because I have more questions about that. How did you make it through? And you showed me a video earlier. It's just like that. I, I, that that was that was amazingly powerful and unfortunate. And so that deserves a reflection, open-ended question, giving you the stage, and really giving my time to you and interviewing you almost like you would like in a job except it's much more personal even when people are interviewing for jobs if you're a manager and you're interviewing you use these techniques you really want to make sure that the interviewee the person applying for the job talks 75 percent of the time otherwise if you're talking more than that you're not going to get to know that person very well to see if they're going to be a good match for your organization and so this is a the, the motivational interview ors piece is really a good step to use to make sure that you sort of keep on track and then that leads us to the last one, which is summaries, S. So open-ended questions, affirmations, reflections, and then summary is just what it sounds like. I'm going to put into two or three bullet points what you said. And what I like about summaries, it's proof that I was listening. Mm-hmm. And there's a, the, I add one more piece to this. Commit that to memory. And then the next time you're with that person, if you pull out your summary points, and just find a way to do this. If, it, if the relationship's important to you, you will remember and access your files, access your heart, however you're driven to remember, maybe visual. And you pull that out two weeks later, two months later, in some cases longer, that person will respond back to you in their tone of voice with such value because that's what that is. I valued what you said so greatly. I did the interview thing, kept the focus on you. But I committed that because you're important to me and what you say matters to me and I will not forget. And so there's ways to do this in any relationship you have. The ones that are most important. I use a concept called the circle of influence. It's something you could, again, you could Google that. But it's like a dartboard. It's concentric circles. And the center of the bullseye is the smallest circle. There's only so much room, right? You can only get so many dots in there or so many people, if you will. And then what I do in my life is I try to see who 
who gets to the center where I have enough time to invest in them and they have enough time to invest in me. And then through EI and motivational interviewing are all methods that I use to help move people in and out of the different rings on this dartboard, if you will, the circle of influence. And they're closer to the center. Uh, and it's not a, it's not a saying something against someone. It's more just how things evolve in relationships, our spouse, our best friends. Uh, then the, the people usually in a small circle and one out end up staying unless there's a huge rift or a huge problem. Otherwise, they stay there. And then if we keep them there through these tools and methodologies and, and with our heart, you got to have your heart into this. Otherwise, it'll be mechanical. Then they know us so well that they'll return these same things back to us. And when then when I'm going through struggles and when I'm lost, when I lost a job, when I was struggling with relationships, my friends then in the inner circle have said to me, I know who you are. I know that you can struggle, you struggle through this thing, but I remember when you were 10 and I remember when you were 18 and we made it through together and the hope that they will be able to give you because you got them in the center and you've done some of the things we're talking about today. There is, there is no replacement for that except it'll, it'll be transformational because in your moment of need, the people you invested to and the people you did this with will be there for you. Mm -hmm. They'll be there for you because you were there, you were there for them. And that's, that's what a relationship is. And a phone call away, and then sometimes it's driving to that person's place and say, you know what, I'm here. Mm -hmm. I know people that have quit jobs or stopped, took time off to just be with somebody else for up to a couple of days at certain points because they realized how, how important it was. Wow. And that's that's this part of this. So whether you use these exact skill sets, you know, follow the oars or the EI boxes, you know, these are all methods and icons that, that authors and people have put together to help us remember um, but eventually you put your own twi your own twist on it and, and sort of, uh, I think it's like surfing. If you've been to the water, been to the ocean, the, the wave is, it has a life of its own. And a true surfer will learn to identify what that person can ride and then also just enjoy being in, in the ocean in that, in that scenario where you're riding this emotion, this relational wave. Because mm -hmm. it's not didactical. It's not two steps and you're through. Like some of the things I'm saying here, you sort of have to get a handle on it and apply it as you go. And it gets easier. Like surfing would be, even though I can't surf, but riding a bike maybe is a better metaphor. It gets a little easier. Yeah. So. How many times is that true that are we truly listening? Because I've been called on this before. It's like. How many of us at the dinner table are we getting interrupted or the TV's on or our phone's dinging? And it's really hard to be so present or in the moment or just focused on that one person without our distractions. I mean, because how many of us are, our phones are going off or if you're in a coffee shop and you're having a nice conversation or you're distracted. And But I love that. If you are really paying attention and how many of us aren't being listened to? And that's what you, people value that. And that makes a difference. And like you say, invest your, your time and your um, emotion into other people. And you will see on the other side of that how that works out for you. And it's so true. It's because so many people aren't being listened to. But isn't it true when we're, I've gone out for dinner with friends or something and we'll be with people maybe that we haven't known that well or something and my husband will say my gosh I you know just watching him because I think people latch on to him because he he really does 
sit there and pay attention. Like he is not distracted and people latch onto that because they know that, oh my gosh, this guy's listening to me. He's, he's nodding his head. He's attentive. And it's like, he can get stuck in those conversations that are basically like you say one way. And he's just sitting there nodding his head, listening, but I mean, but he's got that that gift and some of us aren't so gifted with that we really have to work on that because I'm ADD a little bit right so I have a hard time concentrating on just one thing or one conversation without being distracted and so it is an art you're right Mm -hmm. and and how powerful and it can be uh, you know communication and listening are just seems so fundamental but they're so important in every relationship yeah yeah, you were probably drawn to him a little bit for that, weren't you? And then your energy, ADD, the positive of ADD is this energy we have, right? I got some of that too. And then using that, channeling it a little bit as we get older, it gets a little bit easier. Um, but he's got that. So people are drawn to your husband because he's a good listener. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> That's yeah. cool. But it can drive me bonkers because it's like, oh, or let's go now. You know, it's like we get sucked going. into this conversation. It's like, we need to move. We need to go. But yeah, he's just all in. And that's, but people love that about him because he's just like so into the conversation. And that is what people long for is just somebody to listen. And so, yeah, I mean, it's it's really true when you look at that. But we are coming up on a break shortly, and I want to go through uh, what was the next segment we're going to talk about. We we're going to look at values, and I think if we have time, uh, how uh, identifying someone's gifts and abilities can also be a big part of this. So values and gifts. Awesome. I can't wait to come back. So we'll head to a quick break. We're going to be talking here a little bit more with Paul Ritter. He has Elevate Coaching. I want to give people your uh, your website. So it's paulrittercounseling.com or Elevate Coaching, and that's E-L-E-V-8, the number 8, dash C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G.com. So elevatecoaching.com or paulrittercounseling.com. And he has a lot of great information he's going to share with us in the next segment. So we will be right back after these messages. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. What is biohacking and why should you care? Marilyn Mosier has partnered with a publicly traded Nutrigenomics company that uses technology and biology to turn back the clock at the cellular level. These products help you combat the issues of age-related conditions in a proven and patented plan of action. All of us want to live longer and healthier lives. But to reach that goal, we know people will first need to biohack both their physical and financial health. For more information, visit CodeToGrace.com. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work-life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. 
You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Code to Grace, the empowered women's guide to life with Marilyn Mosier. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or you can send an email to Marilyn at CodeToGrace.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Code to Grace. I'm your host, Marilyn Mosier. We're coming to you live from the Throne Publishing Studio in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And I have a very special guest here with me today, Paul Ritter of Elevate Coaching. He has many years of counseling, and he has just a wonderful approach to life and so many um, great tips on how to be more emotionally intelligent, how to get the most out of our relationships. And to this month of love, this month of Valentine's, I really wanted to focus our topics of our shows on relationships because at the end of the day, relationships are so key to our overall health and well-being. We have families, we have relationships at work, we have friendships, we have our spouse or our significant others, and they are just all revolving around our relationships, our emotions, and how well we understand each other, communicate, have that awareness between each other. And we've just learned so much in the last two segments that we've been talking here with Paul and his wonderful gift of knowing how to navigate relationships, difficult or otherwise. But he's taught us so far about the four quadrants of emotional intelligence. And we also learned about motivational interviewing and the ORS concept. I love that motivational interviewing of open questions, affirmations, reflections, and summaries. But if you want to get a hold of Paul, it's paulrittercounseling.com. So it's P-A-U-L-R-I-T-T-E-R-C-O-U-N-S-E-L-I-N-G.com or Elevate Coaching, E-L-E-V, and the number eight dash coaching.com. And he and Lisa do a great job. The first Friday of every month, they have a, a great hour and a half session that they do here in Sioux Falls of this Elevate Coaching, and I've learned so much um, from attending that, Paul. So let's dive into the next segment, and you want to talk about values and gifts, Yes, yes. Okay. All right, so we were talking about your husband earlier, right, and how he's such a great listener. And if if he was here, we could, I would ask him a couple of questions. How often does that happen? And then he could give us more details. And if, if he says, if I have time or quite a bit, I notice that people will, are, are intrigued and will tell me their stories, then there's a good chance, and this can be true of the listening audience, if you have a pattern that you notice in yourself that other people identify in you as well, so your husband is a good listener, 
it's probably one of his gifts. Now, the concept of gifts, their talents, abilities, skills, what have you, I believe that everyone has a top tier of elevated gifts that they do. And here's how I sort of qualify this. If, if you're doing something, well, we were just talking about your radio, radio announcing that you did as a, as a young girl. I mean, you just are so, you just do such a great job. It's effortless. The communication's done really, really well. So you've been practicing for years in essence, especially as a young girl doing it all. So other people will say, yeah, I see this gift in you, this ability. And if, if you sort of lose track of time. If you're doing something and all of a sudden, you know, geez, what time is it? And you're late, to, you miss an appointment or that hour went by like three to five minutes. Those are indicators, I believe, that you're getting close to your wheelhouse, your gift center, sort of the things you are supposed to do and your gifts. If you can align those, as you know this, because you're doing this, Marilyn, if you can align your gifts with your purpose and then find a way to use your career in that avenue, things are, that's when things become transformational. Because you don't, you're less worried about the punching the clock and more worried about you know, punching your passion, if you would, and just really working in that. And the gift component is the number one motivator, I think, because you just find it comes easy. You'll see somebody like, we have the South Dakota Symphony in Sioux Falls, and when you hear those people play, you just know automatically that those people just didn't practice when they were younger to meet the demands or the ex- the expectations of the orchestra conductor or director in high school. They fell in love with their instrument and they communicate through that instrument. That's a gift. Some of the musicians we hear on the radio, they, if you sat down and talk with them, nine times out of 10, these people, the instrument is an extension of who they are. It's the extension of their heart and their mind and they're speaking through it. And that's when we are drawn to those musicians. And it's almost like they're very skilled, high level skilled, but they do it almost effortlessly. They can dance around the stage. They can record with ease. They're giving that to us. That's their gift. And all of us, all of us have gifts. And the sooner you can realize what those gifts are and find a way to share those gifts, if you don't get paid for it, don't even worry about it. Start sharing your gifts with others and things will start to happen. And you know that as well with your life. Mm-hmm. And so that's that, that's that component where the gifts are coming out. I lose track of time and... I can't stop from doing it, and other people identify that gift in me. And so the, the, the part with that that can happen through motivational interviewing and EI and some of the other techniques that other authors and researchers have developed is then that gift analysis is what I call it. So one of the things that I have as a purpose is to identify the gifts that I see in other people as I see them. And I, and I'm one of my values that goes with that is genuineness. So I will never identify or speak about a gift that I see in somebody else, unless I really, really feel it's true. And it meets some of the qualifications I just alluded to. And then I'll stop that person. And I'll say, first of all, are you aware? Here's what I'm picking up from you. Has somebody told you this before? And if it's like, yeah, I've heard that before, then I'll skip, I'll jump right away to what are you doing with it? And if they haven't heard it before, then then I start a dialogue about self-awareness. Then we go back to EI and say, okay, here's, if I say these things, here's what I'm picking up. This is this is our fourth hour conversation. And I, I picked it up from the first time, but I didn't want to bring it up right away. I was still watching and studying you. And then all of a sudden, here's what I see out of you. Are you aware of that? And that's a chance. Anybody can do that if you see that then use ORs to go back in, the motivation of interviewing, and say, man, I, I, I see this in you. You, 
This is what you give back to other people. And this can be a scientist, an engineer. It, can, it, you know, it, it doesn't matter what your, what your gifts or skills are. It's are you activating that in yourself and giving that back to the community, to other people, to even to yourself. And so, because you were doing radio stuff all by yourself, right? When you were a girl, just practicing, you in your room, right? And then guitar stuff, I'm not a great musician, but the guitar piece for me is some of that self-expression, thoughtfulness, things come out of that. And that's always by myself. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the part where our um, ability to communicate and look at gifts are, are a big part of that and, and uh, focusing on some of those things. Now, the other part that we can talk about, I believe... Uh, is is what I guess I would call values. And Lisa Brower, my colleague, got me started on this probably about two years ago in some of her research for some of the things we do for our leadership training. And now I'm a thorough believer that the values that you decide to commit to, you can articulate. You can maybe think of a book or a quote that activates that for you, goes underneath all the things that we're talking today. So... What I decided to do in this year, 2018, is to devote one month for just one value. So last month, the month of January for me was humility. And that was a value that I did. So I Googled Googled quotes and found some great ones about going into circumstances, knowing that you will suffer, knowing that people will take advantage of you, knowing that that could happen, but not being defensive about it, being truly humble in circumstances like that is when you are allowing that value to really go into the core of who you are. You're not going to react to somebody else's antagonistic position or misunderstanding about you. You're going to embody humility as you go about resolving a conflict, as you go about living. You open the door first. You go in the longest line at the, at the grocery store. You're letting somebody else go first. You, under duress, are allowing the other person to say their position against you first to seek first to understand and then be understood, some of those things. So um, studying a value as you use EI, motivational interview, I think it's the core. And when we were doing this training last month, the value you have is the root cause. So your root cause analysis is a business model, right? You go to trying to figure out what the problem is. Apply, in my mind, root cause analysis, RCA, for your values is what's at the core of that. And so if it's humility during February, I'm studying silence. Oh, my. I'm not too good at silence. (laughs) I'm glad you're breaking the silence today. We'd be up a brick. So then if if humility, let's stay with humility, though. So if humility is a part of, as I talk to you, then I will help gauge what I say to you and making sure that I'm hearing you first, talking about your things investing in you and putting myself second. So humility is and maybe a, a really basic definition of humility is putting yourself second. Right. So there are times when I have to go first and so forth, but generally my attitude of humility, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing to look into. So we have a list of 50 values through our leadership training you can break down into smaller chunks, but I've discovered that it takes a lot of time under duress to really emulate that value. Because with humility, I had a chance, I had a conflictive conversation with a client. I was at fault for for quite a few of the issues, got too busy, overcommitted, couldn't follow through. You know, maybe a lot of us have that issue or we bump into that. And I was expecting this other person to uh, reciprocate with what 
I thought he could correct his decisions and his part of the problem. But ultimately, that didn't happen, and I needed to just own up to my own part of that, and that humility exercise sort of helped me do it by just making sure that as far as I was concerned, I could emulate humility and admit to the things that I needed to, and then I could wash my hands from it and learn from it and move forward. So there are times when the values you decide, integrity, silence, I mean, there's just, if you if you look at that, there's just some tremendous values to try to decide you're going to commit to. And it's easy to do it when it's not stressful, but how well are we committed to those values when it's like very, very difficult? Joyfulness could be a value on the positive side of things, right? So as you look at, as you're, as you look at your relationships with emotional intelligence and the things we've talked about, motivational interviewing, Gift analysis is when you unearth those things as you're talking to people. Throw that, check with them, see if they agree. See, you noticed it, say it. It'll enhance that relationship. And then at the end of this is saying, what values do I, and what are my five top values that I'm going to commit to regardless of the circumstance? And you will model by your actions much more than probably you could ever say mm-hmm. by committing to those. So those are some things that as we just look at building in, really intimate, good, healthy relationships hopefully can be helpful for people to consider. Exactly. I love that. And that's one of the chapters in my book is on integrity. And I thought Mm -hmm. when we did that little breakout session in our group, um, that was one thing I wanted to focus on was integrity. But I think the rest of the group chose fun in our group. So I was like, (laughs) okay, I'll go with fun. I'll put myself last. (laughs) But but it was so good to um, have that reminder. But I really enjoyed that exercise that we did at that coaching class. But we want to just remember, uh, let's say I'm going to just reiterate what what your how to get a hold of Paul if you'd like to have some coaching sessions with him or uh, his counseling, paulrittercounseling.com, elevatecoaching.com is E-L-E-V and then the number 8-coaching.com. And he is just an always um, willing to lend an ear and he's got an amazing two, 20 years of counseling experience um, and just the fact that he's has so much to bring to the table as far as relationships and helping others. Do we have time to bring on anybody for a quick, I don't know if we have time to bring on anyone that wants to call in quick and ask a question. Um, 888-346-9141. If you want to call into the show, we might have a, a minute or so left. We can just take a quick question. Otherwise, go to his website, message him. Also, codedegrace.com. You can find some information there. Message me, and I can get a hold of Paul for you. But our goal today was to help you have better emotional intelligence and be more self-aware and socially aware, help you to navigate all of our relationships in our life that affect us with our questions, our affirmations, our reflections, and our summaries and the ORS principle that you talked to us about. And like you said, um, I think, too, if people are complimenting you a lot on a certain thing, Mm -hmm. there is a trend there. And that might be one of your gifts that we, you know, if you're a great listener or if you're a great, um, have this certain gift that you bring to the table. I think that's always good to notice in others and verbalize it. Sometimes I'm, I'm really good at thinking things, but I don't always verbalize it. And I really should be better about when I have something good to say about someone, someone I really do need to um, remind them 
um, what what that is, um, that gift that I see in them. But I hope you learned a lot today with our wonderful guest, Paul Ritter, and I appreciate you being on with us today. Did you have one more comment? Yeah, one more thing, maybe a teaser. Uh, if you look at the communications issues we've talked about today on human to human, how would you look at this, another integrated model between the human and divine? Taking what we talked about today and flipping that vertical. Yeah. What would that look like? Wow. So that could be another topic to consider down yeah. the road. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. We're going to wrap the show today. Thank you for joining us on Code to Grace. I'm your host, Marilyn Mosier, and I will talk to you all next week. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to Code to Grace, the empowered women's guide to life. Please join your host, Marilyn Mosier, for another special program next Wednesday at noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to meet with you again. 